when people have decided that they hate you, they don't care if the bad things they hear about you are true or not. They'll just repeat them. Because, you know, so when he first took over Twitter, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of people going, you know, this and this and that, and he's going to ruin everything. And I just didn't pay attention to it because my Twitter experience hadn't changed. Twitter just seemed the same to me. It was the same shitty place it's always been. That's a good news. Welcome back, BS with Brian Simpson. Uh, we, we, we're rolling. Oh, I forget what episode this is. This is what, 40, 45? 30, 32? 42, I think. Wow. Yep, 42. Wow. Um, the, secret to the, the secret answer to the life, the universe, and everything. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to start off with an email because I feel like we don't do those. We don't do, we always save those for like as an afterthought. Yep. Um, and, and, and don't forget, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want advice from the advice champ. Just email me at bswithbriansimpson at gmail.com. Pretty soon that's going to change over to briansimpson.com or briansimpsoncomedy.com. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. But if you, if you want advice from the advice champ, that's what I'm here for. Um, this says, hey, Brian. Uh, this is from Julio. Hey, Brian, I heard on the podcast you have a big Blu-ray disc collection. Well, look, I wouldn't say it's big compared to, like, some of these other crazy motherfuckers. But it's bigger than – it's. It, it's. I planned on it being not this big this soon. At first, I was like, I'm just going to buy my favorite movies, you know. And then I discovered, oh, there's still books. So now there's collectors, uh, you know. And it did. And then, and, and, and so it went from. I mean, within a mat, within a within within a couple months, it went from like five movies to like shit. I don't know, seventy movies or something like that. <laughs> um. So anyway, um. There, it's probably more than that. I I, I don't know. There, so it says there's going to be a new disc, 8K or whatever. The new technology is in the future, and your collection would be kind of obsolete. I bought a number of DVDs, and now they are unwatchable because the format and resolution isn't up to par. You should buy digital to prevent your collection to be obsolete. Apple automatically and for free has the movies you buy from Apple 4K. Hope all is well, but I was just wondering what, the reason you are still buying Blu-rays. Okay, well, first of all, um, Blu-ray and eight and 4K Blu-ray are not the same thing, or or, or also known as what eight, uh, HD DVD, Ultra HD, Ultra HD, um, UHD. Right. So, so a few things there. First of all, 8K is so far away from being the standard. It's 8K is far. 8K is farther away than 4K was from 1080p. So blue standard Blu-ray is 1080p resolution, right? Uh, 4K. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now things are just barely getting into 4K, but due to the fact that uh, our country, even though we're the richest one in the world, we don't have the best internet bandwidth on average. Um, streaming 8K is effectively impossible it's it's just not going to happen and um and m- the movie studios um do n- barely film things in in 8k i mean the bbc is probably your best bet the bbc is usually the first ones to do shit like their little nature documentaries so i mean we we're we're at least i want to say 15 years away from 8k even being a thing now there are AK TVs, which I have one, and and um, but I don't. But you know, you don't buy the AK TV for AK because, like I said, there's no AK content. Um, and and also, um, usually when you buy a 4K Blu-ray or an Ultra HD Blu-ray, you get the 1080p Blu-ray and you get an 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 on a code for the digital version as well. So we're it's backed up that way, anyway. Now, and it, it doesn't go the other way around. If you pay twenty five dollars for a digital movie, you don't get a disc in the mail. If you buy the disc, you get the digital movie for free from most uh, uh, releases. But the main reason, and I thought I think I thought I explained this on that same episode, but the main reason is is that you know these these streaming companies they not all on the up and up, you know. They could decide to get rid of shit. They could decide to change the format. They could decide to change the picture quality. Um, and and the truth is, you know, when you 
when you buy uh, really expensive equipment for your home theater and stuff like that, um, th there really is a difference in picture quality from streaming to physical media. So, and 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 I guess and the reason that is is because, like I said, the the bandwidth uh, th that your internet maxes out at only allows for so much information per second to be streamed to you. So when you're when you're streaming, you're 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 getting a highly compressed signal. Now listen, the 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 Blu-rays are also compressed, um, but but much less so than a, than a streamed signal. Think 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 of it almost like this. It would be like I guess the best analogy I can think of is it would, th think about if somebody had if somebody had to give you uh had to pass you the Mona Lisa. Like they had they had to give it to you somehow but they couldn't give it to you in, in one piece. They had to give it to you through a mail slot. That's what your internet is. It's like yeah, you going you can you going to get the picture and it's going to you know and when you piece it back together on the other end it's going to you'll know that it's the Mona Lisa. But it's not the same as if, like, you know, you, you would have to break it down into, like, 16 pieces or something. But if I if I just had to break it in half and slide it through the dough, like, crack the dough, that, that's kind of what a, what a 4K Blu-ray is. It's like, it's still a little compressed, but it's not, you know, if you have the right equipment to, uh, to what do they call it, unpack the signal or or decompress the signal, then, then you... Man, I'm, I'm rambling. The point is, the less <laughs> the less compressed the signal is to start with, the less artifacts are introduced when it's put back together. And so, you know, having it on disc and having a quality disc player and having a quality display and having quality cables gives you a better viewing experience. And and you know, and and the other thing is, even if 8K actually becomes a thing, which I doubt that's going to happen anytime soon. Um, the average, the average person cannot see a discernible difference between 8K and 4K until you're about what is it, three feet from the from the television, something like that. Which probably something like that. I mean, m most people can't really tell yeah, from. I, I think it, a reasonable viewing distance. Yeah, and it only and, and the only exception to that is if you're if the screen you're viewing it on is fucking enormous. So. You know, like I said, in any event, I have an AK TV, um, um, and and uh, but I don't think 8K is going to be a thing anytime soon. And then even if it does become that, I mean, even even right now, <clears throat> uh, my television up converts the 4K signal to 8K, so or, or near 8K, uh, uh, what they would call it. So, you know, that that's where we are. I don't I don't, I don't feel any kind of weird regret from buying the 4K version of stuff. Um, and and the truth of the matter is, if 8K come out or 16K come out or 50K come out, it's like I'm gonna start all over again. <laughs> the, the other the other thing the other thing is like mo most movies now are shot with like an Ari Alexa or a Red camera, mm -hmm. which I think the Ari Alexa is like six and a half K, and the Red that most people use now is 8K. There are like IMAX cameras and Panavision cameras and stuff like that 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 can go up to. I think IMAX is like sixteen K. Yeah, but then, they're but they're mastered. They're not mastered in eight K. What's that? The, they're not mastered in eight K, right? They they may be shot no. in eight K. Yeah. No, they're shot in that, and then and so so. They're, when all these movies come out again, in eight K, they're gonna be a digital upscale, not a. They're not. They don't remaster them in 8K. Right. Yeah. You know. Unfortunately, I mean, up until like this here, most sports are not even 4K yet. Most of the sports you watch are are some of them are, some of them are still 720p. You know, which is crazy, but it's true. Like a lot of the football games, you watch football on Sunday, and with the exception of the night game, a lot of those games are 1080p. They're not even 4K, and and the reason is is that like. <clears throat> all those movie, I mean, all those, all the studios that show football games, they would have to revamp all of their equipment and all of this other shit to shoot. In, like shooting something live in 4K is very expensive. And so the only time it's really worth it to them is if it's the only game that's on. For them to like rent a separate truck that does 4K, 
you know, shit for broadca- broadcasting live. It's so expensive right now that they, you know, and they don't make more money from shooting in 4K. So the only time it's worth it to them is when it's the only game on. So when you're watching football on Sunday and there's mad games on, none of those games are 4K. Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, those might be 4K. They may be. The Super Bowl is almost definitely 4K. But when it when it's multiple shit, they're not putting it in 4K. You know, like so the, the society is just now doing that. And you know, if you got a little bread, it don't feel like that. It feel like, oh, we've been 4K for years, but not really. Most people are just now getting up there to the 4K. And here's the other thing. I in my opinion, HDR or high dynamic range is much more impactful than 4K. But mm-hmm. there's no 10 there's no regular Blu-ray disc that have a, a HDR. So you know, so it's like the, the the switch to 4K is more about HDR, which is why 8K won't really be that much of a difference to me. It, the, the HDR is what makes everything look like holy shit. That to it, to me. Correct me if I'm wrong, all of you uh video files out there, but I I I, I prefer. I, I think that that matters way more than the than the resolution because I don't think the average person because the most people can't see the difference between 1080p and 4k. You know, right. on on a, on a small enough screen, which the, you know the average person has like a 55 inch TV or 45 inch TV. It's like on a 45 inch TV, most people can't see the difference. But you put you throw that HDR on that motherfucker, motherfucker be like, oh goddamn, this look like, you know that that that's the shit that make you go wow to me. <clears throat> All right, why do you well, think that is? Um, why, why do you why do you think the HDR is what pops for people? Um, because okay, so if 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 you if this is lost on you to get into the, the technical weeds, I think a little bit, uh, the high dynamic range that range refers to the range of colors that can be displayed, right? And mm-hmm. di- dynamic meaning changing. It can change. And that, that range is... It, so the, the, the high dynamic range allows you to have greater contrast. Now we're getting into it, right? And that contrast is what makes things pop. So, so for example, so what I mean by that is, you know, say in real life when they shot the shit, you know, it... You know, this was this was green, and this was a different shade of green. But your TV is only capable of of standard dynamic range, which is what most people used to see. Then it's going. Then both of those greens will kind of be displayed at, as the same color. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But but when you throw that that HDR in there, I'm not doing a good job at this. But if you if you, th- if you well, but why? But but the question was why? Why do you think? Why do you think? the average per, the average viewer cares more about or is more impacted by the broader dynamic range because, as opposed be, to the the resolution because con, because contrast makes things pop and that pop yeah. is what makes things clear so the more colors the more colors that you're that you're able to see the the better you're able to differentiate between the colors which creates more contrast and that um, that makes the picture look clearer and crisper, and I th- I think the average person would see it and think that it was because it was 4K, but mm-hmm. but it, but in reality, there's a lot of 4K TVs out there that look like shit. You know, yeah. it's like if, if I if I if I took this if I took the same exact like all things being equal, same screen, same everything, and I turn HDR off on one TV and turn it on on the other TV. I could convince you that that one that the one with HDR on was 8K in this other TV before. Mm. It's like that's what that's really the thing that you're seeing that makes the most impact to me. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you before you. But were, but, I, but I don't know enough. Up. I don't. I'm not. I'm not some. I'm not some technical expert because I'm pretty sure I, someone's gonna send me an email after this episode explaining it way better, and I'm sure we'll read it some at some point. But. Uh, Oh, I'm sure somebody's gonna get get on us about why didn't y'all talk about Dolby Vision? Oh uh, well, HDR instead of Dolby Vision. Actually, man, you know what's crazy is is like th- this year it seems like everything that's coming out is Dolby Vision. Oh really? Yeah, like almost yeah. like the the all of the movies that I've gotten in the last month or so because it used to it was it, it, at first it was like oh maybe one here one there but now it's like I feel like every single one I've gotten has been Dolby Vision. 
Mm, you know, because mm-hmm. that's the first thing to do. I pop in a disc, and when it's playing, I go through the to the metadata, and I see, you know, whether it's Dolby Vision or I haven't gotten anything that was HDR10. I'm still waiting on one of those. I I don't know what somebody tell me a disc that matters. I mean, Dolby Vision is obviously winning that war, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, and it makes a huge difference. Like I can tell now when I'm looking at something like this is Dolby Vision for sure. You know, because it just it, it's just that extra. So so again so now we now to explain to people that I kind of lost. So <clears throat> HDR is high dyna- high dynamic range, and, and so basically what happens is how do, how do I explain it? The 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 rest of the color, so all the colors in a film or TV show or whatever are are set off of white, right? That white point or. So, so when they decide, so, so, so how to explain it? So, so when you're, so, so whatever that white point is set at, or whatever, whatever each color is set at, is how it's displayed on your screen, right? In in uh, in, in in regular HDR, they they it's just a higher dynamic range, and then in HDR ten, and hold on, let me I'm, I'm, let me rephrase that. In H in HDR, the colors are set off of a single white point in the whole film or the whole show. And HDR 10 in, in Dolby Vision, it's by each frame. So they take the white point in each frame and set the colors for the whole frame. That's how I understand it. So it give it, it, it's even more accurate color. You know, and it I think I think it makes a slight difference. It's not something you absolutely need to go break your break your bank for, but it is a difference that you can see when, if you're looking for it. You know, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. One more email. How about that? Hey Brian, what's good? All right. I like how you started that out there. I wanted to know how you went about actually learning comedy. Mm. What techniques or practices did you use to get where you are now? If you could answer in detail, that'd be really cool. Love the podcast. You guys are very entertaining. Keep on keeping on. Well, this is a question that I think every comic gets all the time. And the truth of the matter is, man, there isn't a there isn't a there isn't a definitive answer to this. And I know that's very unsatisfying because it used to be it used to feel that way to me. You know, I would ask a, I would ask a, when I was starting out, I would ask a headliner, so like, what do you do or whatever? And they, and they, their answer would always be like, up, oh, just keep doing it. You know, which kind of seems like dismissive, but the truth is, so much of this shit you only learn from doing it. You have to. Comedy is very stand-up comedy is very unique in that way, where you can't like. There's no private thing you can do. I mean, there is off-stage work you can do. You know what I mean? You, you should record yourself. You should listen to those recordings. You should edit those things. You should listen to the rhythm of how you're talking, and you know. Ch- you know, think about your word choice and your and your emphasis on certain syllables and all of that all, all that little shit. But you can do you can you can go do all that shit in a closet in the mountains and come out and be just as good at stand up as you were when you left. It's not like playing guitar or some shit like that where you can practice on your own because the actual the actual thing that we do is live. Live in the room, and you can't practice. You need a crowd to practice this, and 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 so it's like you asking someone else, how, you asking someone else how you how you can be funnier is like you asking somebody else how to be you. You know, like that's how because that's what this is. It's like you're sharing your perspective with the world, and you just so happen to be a funny a funny person. Like you so happen to process the world, and this is just how I think about it. But you so happen to practice the world in a comical way. Now, listen, you can, you know, there's all kind of books out there, the comedy Bible and the, the comedy FAQs and stuff like that that can answer technical questions. Or you could be one of these motherfuckers that does comedy by the numbers, so you know, so you can write by late, write for late night and shit like that. You know, where it's like, you know, George Washington walked out of the fucking thing today and blah, 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 blah. you know, and 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 that's. Hold on, can we pause for a second? Oh wow, sorry. That was one of those situations where it was like, that was my that's my <clears throat> that's my best friend's mom who has literally had my number for twenty years and has never called me. 
<laughs> and so I'm worried, you know, and like, and, and their dad's like 80, and I'm like, why is she calling me? Uh, anyway, right. It's All like right. it's like when I get a phone call from my dad after 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, okay, somebody's fucking dead. Yeah, I was like, yo, please don't let this be dark. Okay, All right, here we go, guys. My apologies. Um, so where was I? We were talking about stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy. Well, one, one of the things that you brought up was there a distinction between people who do stand-up in the way that you do it, where they want to be a working stand-up comedian and do stand-up versus somebody who wants to do a, be a comedy writer. Yeah, because right? I think I think comedy gets all put in one bucket, and, and, right. and in reality, there 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 are plenty of funny people that aren't good stand-ups. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and I vice think, versa. And vice versa, right? There's plenty of funny stand-ups that aren't good at the other stuff, like me. <laughs> you know, and and so you know, and I think some people there's a few a handful of people that are good at both. Maybe a very small few people that are great at both, but um, you know, there's different kinds of comedy. There's people that are that are not good writers or good stand-ups, but they're great comedic actors. You know what I mean? And and yeah. so it's like, but when I'm when you when I'm talking about comedy, I mean stand-up comedy, and you got to do that to be good at it because it's it the, like I said, the art form is alive. That's what that's what that's what I'm impressed with when I see a motherfucker do it live. You know, you know, specials are cool and all that, but that's not to me. That ain't the measure of. You know, like when I watch when I watch someone special, I'm more like looking at looking at it artistically. Like, okay, I see what you did there and all this and that. Or if it's somebody I never heard of, I'm still looking at like the, the structure of it and all of that, but. But I but I'd rather see you live, because to me that's like that's what we really do. When you tape in a special, it's like you can stop, you can pause, you can fucking edit, you can add in. So it's like, cause and that's that's not what we really do. You know, yeah, it's like the difference between seeing like a um like a Broadway actor and a and a and a movie actor. You know, like you t- take one of the take some of the biggest movie stars and throw their ass in a Broadway play, and they're not gonna shine, cause that's just live. You know what I mean? You can't stop and be like, line. You can't do that. You gotta be, you gotta be that fucking character for two and a half hours. And that's hard. To, to me, and then to me, it's more impressive. And to them, it's more impressive. You know, the, yeah, and you gotta do it every night. You gotta do it every night. And the, you, you gotta know, do the, it over and over again. The classically trained actors can go into Hollywood and kick ass most of the time. You know, or you have mm. some of the biggest actors mm. in the world, mm-hmm. some of the biggest movie actors in the world, they'll still go do a Broadway thing. You know what I mean? Because that to them, that's the that's the art. That's the hardest part of their that's the artist hardest form of their art is that live acting, you know. And so I, I that's what I'm talking about with stand up is like the stakes are higher. Well, I don't know. It's just to me, I just get that feeling. That feeling is just who is something else. I mean, it's it's all it's also the difference between somebody who you know. There's a lot of guitarists on YouTube that I watch who are killers, right? Uh, in their videos, but they don't really play live that often because it's almost like a different skill set. You yeah. know, you seen a dude? Just this dude, Steel Beans. You seen this guy? Steel Beans. Yeah, this motherfucker is, you know, he got was, like a, he got, he's got, he's playing the drums and the guitar yes, I have and singing. Yes. And he got like a tambourine taped to his knee or some shit. And this motherfucker yeah. is getting it. I'm like, impressive. Yeah, but I bet, but he plays live. And you can tell, like, that, yeah. he, that he's playing a lot. Anyway, um, yeah, man. So the key here to answer your question um, uh, is you need to just do it as much as possible. Uh, be honest with yourself about the results. Be open to feedback from people, uh, your peers. You know what I mean, and and that's really it. There's there's all kind of books and shit out there and pamphlets for all other kind of little you know the little tips and tricks. And record yourself, record yourself, listen to it, and 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 over and over and over and over again until you hate it, till you know it like you know your favorite songs. You know that that that's that's really it. But again, what worked for me isn't isn't gonna work for you. That's why you always get that answer. Just keep, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, just keep doing it. What's this? Uh, big tech companies join Linux in effort to kill Google Maps. Where's that? It's, it's from Fat Joe. Mm. 
Um, let me make... see here. The companies, okay, big tech companies join Linux in effort to kill Google Maps. The companies include Meta, Microsoft, Amazon Web Services, and TomTom, which together could facilitate a new wave of geolocation apps. <clears throat> Some of Google's biggest rivals are coming together in a kind of rogues gallery with the hopes of creating new open source services to knock Google Maps from its mapping throne. On Thursday, the nonprofit Linux Foundation announced its own open project that meant that's meant to collate new map projects through available data sets, and several other major companies have come out of the woodwork to support it in what seems like a bid to finally end Google's domineering geolocation reign. Those companies include Meta, Microsoft, Amazon Web Services, and none other than Dutch geolocation company TomTom. I remember TomTom. I do remember TomTom. I can't believe they're still in business. Of course, all the companies involved could have a major stake in such open services. Um, while Google and its parent company, Alphabet, were combining its Maps and Waze teams, its Street View and AR capabilities keep getting more sophisticated, leaving its potential competitors in the dust. Even after it was cited for selling users' location data, whoa, I didn't know that, that domination <laughs> is so great that Google Maps has mapped more than 220 countries and territories, according to the company. Maps is the most downloaded GPS app by far, and it's not even close. Um... Through t- though TomTom's market share has seriously depleted since highs in 2008, the company has survived against Google Maps with deals in countries where the top-performing app wasn't available. Last month, the company announced a new map platform. Uh, the world of maps today is pretty siloed. Everyone who, has making, who is making a commercial map, whether they admit it or not, is starting to see that there are limits to what any one company can do, no matter how big or powerful or well-funded they are. Um, TomTom CEO said in a release, overture standardization and interoperable base map is fundamental to bringing geospatial information from the worlds together. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. yeah, your only hope is that the government breaks up Google or breaks up Alphabet. You know? Because... It's very hard for people, because because I think everyone has what I what I will call uh, core apps that they use, and Google Maps is so fucking dominant that even on iPhone, people use that over Apple Maps, and and Apple don't like that. Like if it was up to Apple, Google you wouldn't even be able to download Google Maps. <laughs> On, right. on iPhone, but it's just so much better than Apple. And here's the thing, man: if Apple can't make a better Maps app, it, it, you know, I don't know, because because that's the thing. Google Maps is free, and until Google do some fuck shit, which they often do, um, you know. But but I feel like you know, Maps and Gmail are two of the core things that just most people aren't going to give up. At least not my generation. Um, and, and I wish this article had gone more into why Google Maps needs to be dethroned, right? Because from the consumer's perspective, I use Google. I have an iPhone and I use Google Maps over Apple Maps. I have no issues with it. I didn't hear about this thing about them selling people's you have no issues location with data. Yeah, I, I should have clicked on that to see what that the fuck that was about. Um, but I do have some. I have a lot of issues with Google Maps, but I know that's the only choice. Right. right. Um, I mean, I, I I can I can see a just a baseline argument for this because I tend to prefer open source to other like if if they're really going to try to create an open source alternative to Google Maps, that would be great if it works. Uh, at the very least, to keep Google Maps or keep Alphabet honest, you know. Um, well, this uh, this this is. From the same website, Google agrees to pay $392 million over location data collection accusations. Oh. Um, Google will make the record payout to end a privacy lawsuit brought by 40 state attorneys general. The latest in its long line of privacy problems, Google agreed to a $391.5 million settlement on Monday. That seems like a drop in the bucket to Google. To end a lawsuit accusing the tech giant of tricking users with location data privacy settings that didn't actually turn off data collection. The payout, the result of a suit brought by 40 state attorneys general, marks one of the biggest privacy settlements in the history. Google's also promised to 
make additional changes to clarify its location tracking practices next year, which means they're going to not give you a choice. For years, Google has prioritized profit over their users' privacy. Oregon's attorney general, who co-led the case in a press release, says they have been crafty and deceptive. Consumers thought they had turned off their location tracking features on Google, but the company continued to secretly record their movements and use that information for advertisers. Google described server changes the company agreed to as part. Yeah, that's that's. I always kind of suspected that though, or you would or you would turn some shit off, and the next time you go in that setting, it's it turned itself back on. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. They make money off of your data, and so they gonna collect as much of um, as much of it as possible. I'm I'm surprised they don't just give the Pixel phones away for free because that's really what they want. Right. Yeah. I mean, don't don't they sell them at a loss? Um, I think they were. I mean, I, were. Or, or maybe they breaking even. Okay. You know, um, because they really just want you. Because I have one. I have the the phone and the watch. Um, and, and, um, um, you know, I've always kind of just, I accepted a long time ago that Google is spying on me, you know, like they know everything. I I was never under any, any, any illusions that, uh, that I, that I had privacy with Google. I don't think you have privacy with any of these motherfuckers. Maybe you have the most privacy with Apple. Um, you know. Why do you think that is? Is that be- because they sell hardware? Because they sell hardware, and they they don't make, uh, you know, their whole profit model isn't advertising. You know, that right. Google isn't Google is an ad company. They're not any anything else. Everything else they do is so they can sell ads, targeted ads. So everything they do is to collect your information so they can be more accurate with their targeted ads, so they can charge more money for your specific. Shit, and it works, you know, and so I've always known that. I and and you know some of the shit well, and, they and say, that's, and that's that's every service that you use takes the information that they get from you, and they sell it. They either use it for themselves, or they sell it to Google, or they sell it to Amazon Web Services, or right. whatever. Amazon Web Services, Google. Um, um, uh, damn, I had it on the tip of my tongue. Amazon, Google, uh, Meta, yeah, Meta, Best Buy, like every single company now does this. Um, I'm not sure to what extent Apple does or doesn't, because um, I remember remember years back when Apple had a uh, they had a situation where their uh, where their the FBI was trying to get into a phone of a terrorist. This, I, it, I may be mistaken, but it might, I think it has something to do with the Boston uh, Marathon bomber. But something connected him. Oh, Apple, right, 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 right. Yeah, the, the government was trying to get into this phone, and Apple made a very public display of refusing. Yes. And it was a big back and forth, and it was about to be this huge legal battle, and then out of the blue, the FBI was like, never mind, we got it on our own. And I remember my mother switching to Apple the, the after that because she was like I like how they stood up to the mm. government and they wouldn't give it to them and I was like I don't know if they did though <laughs> you know <laughs> I I think they probably secretly behind those like alright we'll get in this motherfucker but don't tell nobody you know it's like, because how did they just how was how did they just get into it out of nowhere yeah, you know it says, it says uh, so I'm reading this article from BU dot it says bostonuniversity.edu um Following the San Bernardino terrorist attack in December, this is from 2016, law enforcement sought to make sure that the next bad thing did not happen while trying to understand how this bad thing did happen. Okay, well, that's an interesting way to frame it, but whatever. Through investigation, they uncovered the iPhone 5C of Syed Rizwan Farouk, one of the terrorists in the attack. This is what they want to search. It's where the information is kept. This is the unknown. Unfortunately, the device is locked. So they wanted they wanted Apple to give them backdoor access to it, right? Mm-hmm. And Apple refused. And you're saying that your mom, when they stood up to the government, she was like, Apple's the one for me now. Yep, yep. She's a team Apple all the way. She will not switch. Mm-hmm. And it, that is her reason. It's like, they just, the security, and they stood up to the government. And I'm like, yeah, mom, but they still got in that phone. How the fuck they get in the phone? 
mm-hmm. because it was they made a big to do about it because the government was was kind of like trying to shame Apple publicly to like force them to let them in the phone and and Apple was trying to shame the government by being like you know user privacy and and it looked like Apple was winning that PR battle. You know, because, you know, the government's angle was like, Apple is letting t- terrorists walk away, you know, and it didn't work. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because, you know, Apple's way better at marketing than the FBI, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> it was like, I don't know why they thought they was going to win that. Uh, and then, out of the blue, the FBI was just like, never mind. We got it. We got in. So, I'm like, so what the fuck happened? All of a sudden, this, it was... Uh, yeah, this, this says that... Uh... They exploited a previously unknown security vulnerability in the iPhone software. So, a previously one, one unknown vulnerability. Yeah. So, 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 mm-hmm. I'm I'm scanning some of these articles, and there's two things that I think are kind of interesting about this. Number one, uh, I was wrong. They did not try to uh, get Apple to give them backdoor access. They wanted Apple to. So when your when your phone's locked, right, and you and somebody tries to get into it, there's only a certain number of uh, attempts they can make to unlock it before right. it bricks itself, right. right? Right. And so the fear was that if they didn't get the right unlock code, that um, that it was going to brick itself and they would lose access to that. So they were trying to get Apple to basically disable the lockout uh, mechanism. So they could try uh, infinite combinations. Okay. Right. Which. Which would make it inevitable that they would get. Yeah, it. it's it's a, it's kind of a distinction without a difference, but I do think it is interesting that they're not they're not asking them to they're asking them to basically uh, alter the security, but they're not really asking for backdoor access. Okay, so that's one thing. The other thing is. Uh, the security vulnerabilities. Uh, your phone has security vulnerabilities. It's impossible to make it one hundred percent secure. Correct. Right. Correct. And so, as time goes on, there. I mean, there are constantly hackers trying to that both work against Apple, but work for Apple. Right. That mm-hmm. are trying to crack the security on the iPhone, and. Virtually every time your iPhone updates its software, it's plugging the holes in the security from the last update. Right. Right. So what it seems like they did it's also is making, they sat on your, the phone. Your phone obsolete. Yeah. Right. So 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 what they did was they sat on the phone until the ver- the security flaws were found in the version of the software that that iPhone had, mm. and then they exploited those without updating the security software on the phone. Right. Or so they'd have us believe. That's what the, I mean, but that that sounds, you know, that sounds like something the FBI could do to me. So wait a minute, you know? so so what you're saying is so if we look back at the timing that they didn't get into this phone until after there was an update. I I mean, I, that seems like that we could probably look back and figure okay. out that timeline. All right. Well, it, appa- it. apparently they worked with the NSA to 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 do that which makes sense. So they got some assistance from the NSA to uh Okay, well, to, I'll back to, off. Once the new vulnerability was uh was was exposed and they're like, "All right, now we know how to get into this phone." All right. I'll back off my Apple suspicion for now. You know who's not, who's no one's letting off of? Uncle Elon. Uncle Elon. Elon Musk. I woke up you yesterday. You came over the, to the dark side, Brian. I came over to the dark side. I'm I'm officially anti-Elon running Twitter. And um and it was because I I woke up yesterday to a message uh from Rob. It was basically a tweet, a retweet of uh of uh, basically Twitter decided to ban people from sharing uh, links to other platforms and uh, link aggregators such as Linktree, uh, Facebook, 
Instagram. Like they named some very specific ones. Not mm-hmm. not all ones, but very specific ones are I, what I think is that the people they viewed as their competitor. Now, I don't know who the fuck around Elon Musk thought that was going to fly. It almost makes me think that they're running some kind of uh, social engineering type experiment to see how people react to certain stuff because there's no way they thought people would be cool with that. You, like, if I can't link to what I want from Twitter, then what's the whole fucking point of using Twitter? Because that would have got me to leave Twitter. You know what I mean? It's like, because there's no point in me being on here. It's like, well, you can't link to your other social medias? That's crazy. And then immediately, the backlash was immediate and and ferocious. And this was real backlash. This was like most of Twitter. And and then all of a sudden, it disappeared off their off the page because they didn't implement it yesterday but they were it, they put it in their terms of service like it was it was coming and all of a sudden it wasn't there no more and then all of a sudden Elon put up a poll asking if he if he should step down as CEO of Twitter now I don't know if he really going to abide by this or what but he obviously lost he's you know he's at least he's as of now he's losing right yeah let's see let's see let's it's, see what the results are here he's losing by several points it it's like final results 58% say yes yeah 58% say get the fuck up out of here that is crazy like if that was an election th- that's considered a blowout <laughs> yeah you know what i mean well and also it's it, that's that's on twitter from his Account, you know what right. I mean? Like, which isn't a, like first of all, that's going to be the best chances he has of it being mostly his sycophants and muskrats. No, I no because I think listen, I, I think Twitter is like Stern and Rogan and these type of people where it's like a lot of the people follow you, a lot of the people that follow you hate you, and that's I think true. I think that's what, it, what he didn't see coming. It's like a lot of your followers are people that don't like you. People will follow you if they don't like you. Cause they waiting for you to fuck up. They waiting for you. They waiting, yeah. to, or they waiting to dunk on you, or oh, oh, or their 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 dicks will get hard if you block them. Oh, they really want that, you know. So it's like for you, you know, running a Twitter poll from just your account is not a is not a it's not a very accurate or fair way to see what the majority of people on Twitter want. You know, I mean, you own Twitter, so I feel like you, you can just do a Twitter-wide poll and just have it be a question people answer when they first log on so that everyone that uses Twitter can answer the question. It's not just the people that follow you. That that's, that, that, that would be weird, and he lost, and he still doesn't have to leave. No. But I did see— um, Well, he's doing uh, it to give himself cover because the Saudi royal family wants him to step down. Oh, Really? Yeah, he just met with them recently, and apparently they're they're not too happy with how he's spending their money. Mm. And uh, is that what it is? Yeah. Is the the Saudi royal family own Twitter? Yeah, they well they let him they lent him the money to buy to buy it. So, so you know one of the big one of the big problems with him owning problems. I mean, depends on who you are, whether it's a problem or not, but. Uh, is the amount of debt that he has to service every year? And it's because he borrowed a large portion of the money to to buy Twitter because so much of his wealth is tied up in Tesla stock. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, so now he owed the Saudis. Yeah. Okay, and they want him to step down. Well, wait a minute. But the- yeah, he's he's fumbling the bag because he's acting like an idiot on Twitter. And well, it's it's it's. You shouldn't be running a billion, a multi-billion-dollar company with Twitter polls. Like that's just not the way you should be doing it. Well, um, I saw. Uh, did you see Lex Friedman? You know Lex Friedman? I do know him. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, I know of him. I don't know him personally. He um, he replied to the poll and was like, "Let me run Twitter." <laughs> you know, and Elon was basically like, "Well, yeah, if you if you're willing to, you know, invest most of your life savings and we'll do whoop," and he was like, "Okay." You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he expected okay. him to be like, yeah, yeah. Lex is one of those people where like he don't just be saying, but he don't just be saying shit. You At know, least he's he, got a real PhD. He's got a real. <laughs> he's got a real PhD, and and he's a he's a genuine dude that like he gen. I, at least I think so. I've met him. I've met him, and he he um he is he's that he's that. 
The dude you see online, he's that, for real. He's just a genuine dude that wants, like, peace and love and all this other shit that I don't believe in. <laughs> um, but he he really thinks that it's possible to just live life from love and peace and all of that shit. So that would be an upgrade if he ran Twitter. And he's also an engineer. He's a real-life engineer. So, you know, I don't... Again, my usage... Because this is where Elon fuck. This is where he lost me. I'm officially anti-team Elon because when he first took over Twitter, like I said before, when people when people have already when people have decided that they hate you, they don't care if the bad things they hear about you are true or not. They'll just repeat them. Cause mm. they, you know, so when he first took over Twitter, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of people going, you know, this and this and that, and he's going to ruin everything. And I just didn't pay attention to it because my Twitter experience hadn't changed. Twitter just seemed the same to me. It was the same shitty place it's always been. Right. But then when you, but then this, the thing from yesterday where he was like, hey, yeah, now you, you can't, you can't share a link to Instagram. You can't share a link to your link tree. You can't share a link to these other places, the Mastodon and all this. I was like, nah, fuck all that. I don't have to be on Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I I think it was but, also also last week he was kicking people off of uh, he was banning people, perma banning people um for even just tweeting out links to articles about the banning of the Elon's Jet account. You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> wait a minute. Wait a minute. <clears throat> For tweeting out links to articles about the banning of Elon's jet? Yeah, do you know you know what I'm talking about the Elon's jet account? No. So there is a an account that's been active for I mean it's been active for a long time. It's run by everybody knows who it is. It's run by this like 20-year-old uh college student who I think is a computer science major or something. But he tweets out um basically like a tracker of Elon's jet where Elon's jet is at at, oh, any, at yeah, any moment. Yeah, yeah. And this is based off of publicly available FAA data. because yeah, I, remember, I, you know, I remember Elon, didn't Elon offer him some money to stop, like years ago, before he owned Twitter? Yeah, I think he offered money to stop doing it, um, and the guy turned him down. And then now that Elon runs Twitter, he banned that guy, perma-banned that guy, and he did it under... Now, this is noted free speech absolutist Elon Musk. Uh, he banned this guy for sharing publicly available information because he just doesn't like it. But the pretext was that it's like a safety issue because he claims that a crazed stalker took that it used that information to attack a car that his that Elon's son was in. It doesn't seem like that's true. Um, it seems like that is a pretext and the there if the car was attacked, which there's not significant evidence that it was, if it was attacked, then it happened very far from where the jet was. It's like across town. Uh, so it doesn't make any sense. But on top of that, um, there were people who were writing articles about this, people on the Elon beat who were writing articles about this, and they were being banned for linking to those articles. The so, article's about him banning the jet guy. Yes. Uh, yes. Wow. Yes. So he's been, and so like Matt Binder, I believe, got kicked off. Um, Taylor Lawrence got kicked off. A few other people got kicked off. Yeah, it's this is starting to be, I think, uh, the, the, the way it was put the best was like, um, somebody said like, this This was like, a, this was like watching any forum admin throw a temper tantrum. Yeah, that's the one you I know, sent you. It's it like, like, yeah, it was like, oh, you just banning stuff that you don't like, like under the guise of being, because because now you're not being intellectually consistent, and I don't respect that. It's like if you're gonna put out the Twitter rules and apply them evenly to everyone, I can stand behind that, regardless of how ridiculous the results might be. But mm-hmm. if but it's the moment you start being sh- inconsistent, you being shaky, you you shaky. I don't respect that. Just be be yeah, a man, man. be a man of your word, you know. It's like, cause, cause now I know I'm with you on this. If you're a free speech absolutist, then that guy should be able to tweet whatever the fuck he want to tweet. Now, is that right. the equivalent? Is that the equivalent of doxing someone? Of putting their address? No. On I don't Twitter? think so. I I think that that's different. I can understand having um, uh, 
rules against, which they do have rules against against doxing people, um, especially people who are not public figures. But um, when it comes to the jet, the reason why they they focus on the 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 jet thing um, is to highlight some of the hypocrisy of of Elon, um, and also to keep him accountable because he's a he's a billionaire, he's a public figure, he he uh, his tweets make and break fortunes, you know. So uh, and and that information is is publicly available. So I don't think it's doxing to say, you know, what somebody's place of work is if, you know, they're on publicly available documents listed as like, this is where my place of business is. You know, that's not really doxing. No, I feel you on that. Yeah. Because like, I know where the president is. Yeah. (laughs) I know where his plane's going tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, But at the same time, he's also surrounded by Theoretically, the best security in the world. Um, right. Yeah. Mm, I, mm, I don't I, know. I just I I think it I I think it also it highlights that sometimes because because he is he is a, a a tyrant of Twitter in like I mean like the classical sense of what a tyrant is but, but like but not he, necessarily. Here's my pushback on that. Sure. Yeah. I do I do remember this a couple years back. I remember when he first like publicly like asked the dude to stop doing it. I think he even offered him a job or offered him money or something like mm-hmm. that. And his reasons were that. His reason he's you know, before he was ever in a position to ban anybody, his reasons were that like it made him he thought it he thought of it as a safety issue. So it doesn't feel like he was just making it up um as a as a pretext to ban the guy. It's just that I feel like now he just has the power to. You know. But Yeah, I I think I think for me it comes down to him banning the other the the fact that it happened at the same time as him banning journalists who were just doing real journalism work. Right. That right. has to do with Elon. Yeah, that's That's what, what makes it seem like a pretext to me because I'm like I'm like, "Oh, you're actually just trying to silence people who are exposing your lies. Yeah, and because I got no, I got no love for journalists. Trust me, they're scum. <laughs> yeah. Most of them are scumbags. It's, it's, it's one of the professions that uh, sociopaths go into the most, right? But you know, uh, you know what profession sociopaths go into more than that? CEOs. Yep. Uh, a a large portion of the CEOs of the Fortune 500 companies are sociopathic people. What do you think about the hypothesis that the the job of CEO has to exist so we have something to put serial killers in? So serial killers into that isn't killing hookers on the side of the street. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? And 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 on the and on the flip side of that, it's also like CEOs do all the shit that we could never do, right? Like, yeah. like in the same way that there's like people who engage in factory farming. Like, we kind of need that from one angle in society because most people are not emotionally capable of abusing animals the way necessary to make food that cheap, right? Yeah. yeah so we need people who are sort of broken to slaughter animals like that, right? Yeah, it's the same type of people that were like, you know. They would normally be generals or, right, whatever. You know, very very seldomly are. You know, there's more psychopaths that get remembered than anything else. You know. Yeah. It has yet to be seen whether we'll remember Einstein. You know, we only a couple, we only a generation removed from him. But we definitely remember Julius Caesar. Alexander the Great, Genghis Khan, Hannibal Barker. It's like all these people that have just, and all they did was just kill a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Some would argue very cleverly, but they're remembered more. Like the the most people don't they don't know anything about Alexander the Great. But if I say his name, people know who I'm talking about. And if I mention, you know, um, you know, if I mention Plato. You know, is he as known? I don't think so. Or do as people Alexander even... the Great? No, Plato isn't as known as Alexander the Great. Yeah, probably um, not. 
No, maybe maybe, uh, maybe Socrates. And Plato could have probably kicked Alexander the Great's ass. You think so? Like on a one-on-one? Yeah, Plato is called Plato. It means wide because he was like built like a brick shit house. Oh, that don't mean he got hands though. Well, did boxing exist back then? I mean, I'm sure they yeah. had. I'm sure they had that some boxing, kind of... but wrestling at least was uh, in the original Olympics. Yeah, I mean, look, Plato might have been a big motherfucker, but Alexander was actually like in battles. You know what I mean? He actually fought. Yeah, but in he battles. wasn't fighting hand to hand with people. He was. Yeah, a, sure, he was. The... Actually, that that's actually how he died. He ran the. I mean, oh, okay. This is the story. This is the story anyway. But he died because like it was some. It was a battle they were losing, and he decided to run to the front. And he got and he got wounded, which rallied his men. And then the wound got infected, and then weeks later he fucking he died from it, or months later he died from it. Um, this is saying Alexander. This is from PubMed. Alexander most likely died from malaria or typhoid fever, which were rampant in ancient Babylon. The description of his final illness from the royal diaries is consistent with typhoid fever or malaria, but is most characteristic of typhoid fever. Man, fuck those that people. Is, <laughs> look, hold on, look at look at another source. That's one source. All right, all right. Uh, let's see. Death. Oh, let's go, let's just go to Wikipedia. Death of Alexander the Great. Um, died at thirty-two. It's good age. Good age to die. Yeah, good age to die. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I know, I know that they they won that battle, and then when they got back, he died at the party. Or, or the, that's where he like fell ill, where he didn't, he never got out of bed after that. Uh huh. Right? Severe abdominal pain causing him to cry out in agony. This account, however, comes from the unreliable Alexander Romance. Uh. uh well, you know what though? He did. He did. It says in his last days, Alexander was unable to speak, which was due to a previous injury to his neck during the siege. Of Syropolis. So he did fight in that. Yeah. He was on the front lines. But that, that was the whole okay. point of this. He was on the front lines. Okay. He got yeah, wounded yeah. in that yeah. battle. Now, whether he died from the wound is, you know, we weren't there. But the motherfucker thought he was a god. He was a psychopath. You yes. know, he, he may or may not have killed his own father. Um, mm-hmm. He may or may not have killed his own brother. Um, but, he, but he was definitely a psychopath. Genghis Khan... Maybe less of a psychopath, but definitely, a, definitely a murderer, a murderous. You know, I mean, you pull up some of these Genghis Khan quotes, and they're just like if you heard somebody say it today, like it's some, it's some cool shit to say in a in an eighties movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like, what's the one where he was? He was like, "There's no, there's no greater joy than you know having my enemy watch me like rape his wives and some." Conan, shit like what that. is best in life? Hmm. Conan, what is best in life? To crush oh, your enemies, that? see them driven before you, and hear the lamentations of their women. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's some wild shit to say. To kill I mean, your that was, enemies. That was, that was Conan the Barbarian, but that was definitely, I and mean, Conan's definitely based off Wait, of. That's, that's not Genghis Khan? I don't think so. Oh. Uh, the Genghis Khan quote is, is very close, though. It's based off the uh, Genghis Khan uh, uh, quote. It's, the greatest happiness is to scatter your enemy and drive him before you, to see his cities reduced to ashes to see those who love him shrouded and in tears, and to gather to your bosom his wives and daughters. That's some cold-blooded shit. That's some old. That's some real cold-blooded shit. Because what does driven before you even mean? Driven like a like to 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 drive an ox. Wow. To like put him in the dirt. Like yeah, that's crazy. That's he, he said. That, that, that's the greatest happiness. To scatter <laughs> your enemies and watch their cities burn, and then snuggle with their wives. And like Dude, I said, this is, go ahead. This is another one. This is a quote to 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 somebody that he conquered. If you had not committed great sins, God would not have sent a punishment like me upon you. <laughs> That's some cold shit to say to a woman. <laughs> like, bro, you deserve this because God, I'm here. If you didn't deserve this, God wouldn't have put me here right here in front of you doing this to you. That's some wild way. That's a wild way to think, but that's some cold shit to say to somebody. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's probably good. That's a good. That's a good place to end it. I think for this episode. Uh, yeah, that's a good. That's a good stopping point. 
Again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, email us at Brian Sim- uh, Sorry, fuck. Email us at BS with Brian Simpson at gmail.com if you want your questions answered by the advice champ. Tour dates are at BrianSimpsonComedy.com um, or go to any of my socials at BS Comedian and click on the link tree. Um, don't forget to check out, check out uh, Eddie Pepitone's podcast. What's it called, Rob? Apocalypse Soon. Apocalypse Eddie Pepitone and soon. Kevin Tinkin. Um, and um, also coming up, I'm going to be in, so this is January now. Okay, I'm going to be in uh, Phoenix, Arizona at Copper Blues Live, January 12th, 13th, uh, January 12th, 13th, and 14th. Um, I'm going to be in Huntsville, Alabama, January 20th and 21st. I'm going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, January 22nd. I'm going to be at the Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington, Vermont on February 3rd. And I'm going to be at Last in Seattle on February 24th and 25th. Get your tickets right now. They're on sale right now. Thanks for all for tuning in. <laughs>